0: Hello, um, I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic, and
1: you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week is part two of my conversation with Ada McCartney, and I must warn there is explicit language within. So in case you missed last week, make sure you go check out part one because it was a great introduction to Ada if you weren't aware of her before. And we speak about poetry, some of our favourite books and audiobooks, opinions on Shakespeare. And Ada does delve deep into her own love of poetry a lot more, how it started, some of her published works and that sort of thing. But this week is focusing on a certain swear word, which is probably the most controversial swear word that we have. I'm about to say it, so if you are in a car with kids or anyone you don't want to hear this word, now is your warning. So the word itself is the word cunt. Uh, Obviously, across the world, it's viewed differently. So we discuss how that is, as well as Ada's got a chapbook that she released called Cunt Poems, as well as a few other things we talk about. But it's centering around language and swearing and the perception of the word and why Ada feels like it's important to take the word back in some ways. Uh, But I won't spoil the rest of that. But that's the kind of thing you can expect from this conversation. Now, as I always say, make sure you check out the show notes because there's links to both of Ada's websites, her Instagram and Twitter, her appearance on Indie Comics Spotlight, which is how she was kind of introduced into the Comics in Motion family, as well as many other things we spoke about. She gave loads of recommendations in part one of audiobooks and books, those sorts of things. And there's a little paragraph as well, which is just a list of all of those things. There will be a video version of this conversation released on my YouTube channel very soon. It should be within 24 hours of this audio version being released. So if you want to listen to both parts of this conversation and see the video version, make sure you go over to youtube.com slash genuinechitchat for this and loads of other great pieces of content from Genuine Chitchat, Styles Comics and Canon, and those sorts of things. But that's going to be enough from me, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'll be back at the end to give you more information on what's coming up and that sort of thing. So yeah, thanks again. And here is part two of my conversation With Ada McCartney. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. So it's interesting, like, how you got involved with those things and with poetry itself, like, with cunt poems in particular. Like, I assume they are mainly surrounding the word cunt.
0: (laughs) Um, some, a lot of them. Um,. There's one poem where it's uh it's repeated uh, several times, but then mm. there's a there's other stuff that's that where the there's there are other poems in the book where it's not mentioned at all, and it's kind of more thinking around this concept of what it means to like be called a cunt, be mm. to like have one to to be possessing of the the physical apparatus, as it were. So I. It's more of a anchoring concept than an intention to like desensitize to like hammer, hammer the word out as many times as possible. But on the other hand, I'm really interested in kind of undoing this stigma around the word or this stigma, because we have we have no problem calling women bitches, sluts, hoes, etc. But there's something to I don't know this idea of like saying, saying the word for yourself. And like, um, I don't know if reclaiming it is the right word, but kind of like stepping in and inhabiting the word for yourself. and, And instead of it being something that's kind of put on you or like a projected onto kind of standing in it for myself and saying, okay, well, what does this mean to me? Why is it significant? What do I feel about it? What do I think into it? Like, let me think with this word for a while on my own terms for myself without kind of all of these other narratives being projected onto me or if they are like thinking with those consciously does that make sense
1: yeah yeah it does and i like it because you did it, say slightly earlier when you were elaborating on uh cunt poems that it was about sort of femininity as well or sort of one def one's own definition of that society is like there's the word cut itself as you very uh, well eloquently put is it's the most taboo word i think other than the n word and then i think uh the homophobic slur beginning with an f Mm -hmm. is probably overtaking cut now i think um but aside from those two which are for very different reasons, very different to the word cunt. You know, they have a lot of historical weight on them, especially the N-word, and there's a lot of stuff I'm not even going to go near with that word. Um, But with, you know, with the word cunt, it's one of those where, in the UK and the US, it's considered the worst swear word. You know, you've got things like crap and bitch and bastard and things like that, which aren't really, no one really cares about those, and bloody hell that no one really cares about. And then you've got shit, which used to kind of be a, not necessarily a problem, but it was like should really say shit and then in all the sort of 12a movies and basically every marvel movie now it's like oh let's see how many we can put in two three four five but then you watch ghostbusters from the 80s to pg they say shit like eight times or nine and it's like oh so shit is this weird word where it's kind of not accepted but it kind of always is accepted no one in a workplace ever dropped something and says shit and has ever been told off for it because if you if you call someone a piece of shit that's very different <laughs> to saying shit when you drop something so it's a weird and then you get the one step above that, and you get "fuck," which is, you know, the most diverse word probably in the English language. And you can just, you know, it's a verb, a noun, and uh, maybe an adjective to some degree. But you know, it's a very, di- it's a word that can be used in a lot of uh, different ways. But you have "cunt," and the apart from referring to, you know, the woman's genitalia. Aside from referring to that, which calling it that in any way is a very, <laughs> very strong way to say. There's many words that one could use for that. There we go the vagina or vulva i know Rhea wants to ensure people saying vulva a lot more you know or you can be more like when i'm trying to be careful or at work or anything it's like genitalia on the downstairs <laughs> region or nether regions or sometimes if i'm having fun front bum whatever you want to call it um but it's weird that cunt aside from it used to describe that word which is quite infrequently it's almost purely an insult and as you said, mm-hmm. it, it's very much more of an insult. Like, if you call a guy a cunt, it doesn't seem to be as much a big deal. But if you call a woman a cunt, that's a much... It's got a lot more weight to it. So I wonder if... Like, I did a little bit of research on some things that you shared uh, on Twitter, and I'm going to include them in the description. That's the word of the day, description. Um, or cunt, one or the other. Uh, it is is the sort of origins of the word cunt. So I, I want to ask you, would you... The word itself... Obviously, you're American, so in your uh, the place that you are living, it's a bit more of a sensitivity thing, I think, for society. You don't have very many TV shows that say cunt in it. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your opinion on the word, really. Because it's a fun thing to say. To.
0: Um, I would like to say that I'm a totally freewheeling cunt user, cunt person. Um, but I, I must say, when my mother-in-law asked me what my new book was called, my partner and I looked at each other and he was like, You can tell her. <laughs> and I almost didn't. <laughs> um and I for my for my own um part I s and I of course sent a copy to my mom because she wouldn't have it any other way. Um and I was shocked. I was shocked when she came back and she was like, oh I need more copies of this. I'm gonna I have to share it with so and so and like women need to read this that was not the response i was expecting from my mom but i she's just a cool lady um my opinion on the word in general i think i think it's so fascinating that it's more that it's that it's so common for like like in a lot of hip hop songs i i've noticed lately like men rapping about how men other men are pussies as like a huge insult um and i i find that so so hilarious and stupid um but i i find cunt fascinating and and intriguing and i think maybe my my opinion on the word is is more of a curiosity and a fascination and still a developing entity i've just been reading the book cunt um a declaration of independence by inga Muschio. i hope i'm saying your right name your name right um i've never heard it out loud um it's a fabulous book and it's it's interesting because i thought in creating this chat book i kind of thought was and something amy and i talked about this when we were doing the kickstarter like how it's so edgy that people might not want to buy it and i like do we want to be careful titling at this and then and that was where like the posts about kind of the definition and the etymology came into play because so i was like well do I need to justify why I called it this? I think maybe some, maybe there's room for some education. We should, we should like talk about it. And then since it's come out, I three, there's this, this book called Cunt. Um, one of this fabulous harpist from Detroit, um, Aya Simone. I just saw something on Twitter the other day where she was like, declared, I'm a cunt in a tweet. And I was like, <laughs> Um but the way that Inga Muschio Muschio phrases it she's sort of like resurrecting the word as this womanly declaration of independence and sort of takes the opportunity entitling a book this to create a a manifesto and a resource book and this sort of like whole course on like why female pleasure should be prioritized and why as women we should you know, venture into the world of pleasure in all forms, sexual and otherwise, and really prioritize the sensual and, and, um, pleasurable experiences. And also like she provides a lot of resources for like how to do that safely and how to, um, the book even talks about, it's got like abortion stories in it for, for instance. Um, so I think to make a very long story, even longer, um, where I kind of land on the with the word cunt is, it sort of offers to me an opportunity to really think with this complex spectrum of issues in a way that's kind of kind of fun and kind of not so linear. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's not a clear cut word. It's a word that's very much down for interpretation, which is one thing that's intriguing about most swear words is that, Mm -hmm. you know, you get certain individuals who are like, oh, yeah, I hate this swear word. You know, there's there's often words that people hate, and then moist is one people always seem to say they hate. Um, But there's there's certain words people don't like, and there's swear words that people are very, can be very offended by. You know, if you drop cunt in the workplace, even in England, you can, like, people are like, oh my God, can you believe he said that? But if you're down in the pub. (laughs) And, you know, and it depends on who you call that. You know, if you call a colleague a cunt and you're not being like, ah, you silly cunt, you know, that's different in, in a drinking situation than it is if you say that with a different reflection, that could be incredibly offensive. And swear words seem to be down to interpretation, whereas most other words are, for the most part, just that's what the word means. You, It's, it's almost mm-hmm. infallible. But when you get a word that's so taboo... But it's not taboo all over the world. Obviously, the English language is not spoken in it as the primary language of every single country. But the three sort of main uh, countries being US, UK, and Australia, like in, in this example, because I don't know how Canada view the word cunt, um, with those sort of three, the United States, uh, UK, and Australia, Australia say it constantly, and they are not fussed by it at all. Cunt is just a, almost like saying mate. And then in the UK, it's kind of like, before the watershed, you don't even think of that word and then afterwards you're like yeah say it all you want not the 9 9 p.m on tv once it gets past the 9 p.m slot on the watershed it might be 9 30 now but around that time on tv it just goes from like Downton abbey to just naked attraction if you know what that is okay it's a it's a show where people get there there's it's a show megan absolutely loves it and it's quite a <laughs> it's quite an important a british tv show it seems to be um, basically um you have a person who is attracted to either men or women or both, uh, and they go up there and they're completely naked and they speak to the host. Sorry, no, they're fully clothed. They speak to the host, and then they and there's five people behind. There's like a coloured door that slowly rises, and you see the genitals first, and then you have to choose one of the five people to eliminate based on their genitals. <laughs> then it lifts up further, and you see the neck down, and you choose another person to get rid of. And then you see their whole body, and they're standing there completely naked, and then. And then I think once everyone's revealed, then the person who's been eliminating them, they then get naked and then they choose someone else to go and then they have a conversation with someone else and then they go off on a date with one person. And it does that. They've got, Megan loves calling them uh, the double Willy episodes, which is when you get uh, normally a gay man and a hetero, or a hetero, homosexual man and a heterosexual woman because it's normally two people per episode. So one person goes on, does it, blah, blah. blah. And sometimes you get it where it's, you know, double wheelie episodes. So there's just, you get to see potentially 12 dicks, but normally 10, normally 11. (laughs) 11 And you really,
0: like, on British TV, you really, you really see it all? Yeah, it's not blurring. It's it's just on your television? The camera
1: just goes and just does not stop. (laughs) And it's just a man's flaccid penis with however many um, piercings they've got they talk about the pubic hair they talk about how the penis looks uh, and things and they do the opposite you know when it's a, a a heterosexual heterosexual guy looking at women they speak at the breasts and uh, the vagina and the vulva and the sort of the area they get people to turn around look at their bums and then they do talk about the face and talk to them and often when a man's got um, <laughs> a small penis and the woman doesn't want to say that they're like oh his um, I don't like his posture I just feel like the way he's standing isn't as good as the rest it's like you know just it, it,
0: so he's got a small one that's yeah. funny
1: well yeah it's one of those funny things but you know sometimes the woman goes yeah I'm gonna get rid of that one why is that his penis is far too big I mean, look at the size of it and this flaccid I can't deal with that and it's like okay and this guy walks out and is like massive smile on his face saying sorry that I was too big I guess and then goes and then it's on to the next one so it's a real honest show it's very you know I, I, I don't Naked
0: Attraction Naked you- Attraction
1: it's on channel 4 normally it's online. You can watch, you can watch it on all four. Just get a VPN, make a make an account. You have to watch ads of <laughs> English car insurance adverts, but <laughs> you get to see you get to see a lot of stuff. Yeah. So the, with England, it's weird because they don't say "cunt on naked attraction" to clarify. Um, but I don't know why I mentioned naked attraction, but it, it's one of the things I think British in Britain it, the word "cunt" isn't quite as bad as over in America. I think because you guys you guys don't like having penises on screen. It's basically HBO. No. we only like
0: women exploited naked on screen here
1: yeah because men are gross but i'm joking that's in jest i'm not saying that's a reason to to objectify (laughs) women Um, for generations
0: wow I'm, i'm my mind is a little bit blown by this tv show right now and the fact that it's not it's not taboo in the uk um and i'm absolutely going to look it up and watch it but it's interesting that They don't say cunt on the show. (laughs) I also, I don't know. I don't know.
1: It's a lot to process for someone like an American hearing. You can see, did you say eleven penises on one TV show? Is that what you just said? Yes, and also just
0: on like regular anybody TV. It's not pay per view. Not HBO. It's not that.
1: It's Channel 4. It's it's the UK's... uh, So it's the fourth channel. You know, when back in the olden days, before there was like, uh, as you guys call it, cable, we had like Sky and Freeview and things. You know, BBC One, BBC Two, then ITV, Mm -hmm. which is Channel 3, and then Channel 4. And they've been around for... Well, BBC since the very early days, but Channel 4 and ITV for decades and decades and decades. And then we got five, and then eventually it started spreading to uh, more channels and stuff. But yeah, Channel 4 has always been, a lot of the time, a lot more progressive in certain ways. It's, It's... kind of it's got a lot of reality TV on there and a lot of nonsense but it's also got quite a lot of progressive it's got a lot of original uh, LGBTQ plus programming that's not just yeah and it's not not to say any programming is like this or to downplay it but it's not like this is just we're trying to be woke here's loads of it's like written by members of that community it's positive but it's also doesn't shy away from important issues there's a show called um, I think there's Fleabag and Few well, other I shows love like
0: that. Bag. I've seen certain. a couple of, of that. I haven't gotten back to it though.
1: I think that's Channel Four. I'm fairly certain. But yeah, in Britain it's very odd. We are we're, we're quite we're quite prim and proper in some ways, but we're also really casual about other things. It's it's a really weird in America it makes me think more so of the way it's like more in Italy and in Spain, where because there's such a huge uh religious element to things, a lot of sexuality in just normal human body, you know, the Adam and Eve. A lot of that sort of stuff, even though it should be a natural thing, it's very hidden a very closed away. You don't talk so about it.
0: repressed. Things. Yeah. So and then repressed. behind
1: closed doors, it's mental, but it's quiet. Whereas in Britain, it's like it's it's like one or two steps reined back from that. There is a lot of uh, prudishness and uh, how you should be prim and proper, but there's also just a switch that goes off in British people. It seems to be from 9, 10 p.m., <laughs> <laughs> everyone in town becomes immediately drunk and disorderly so you can
0: be a freak after 9pm in england
1: yes that's correct and we're the middle we're the main time zone we are the time zones that everyone in the world bases their time zone on so 9pm gmt or utc that time that's the that's the freak time across 9 p.m. The world.
0: gmt is freak time i'm yeah. with
1: it i mean that was two hours ago now uh for for us so we've part we've passed i'm afraid it's uh, it's now eleven, so we're getting near the end of Freak Time. <laughs> he gets mm-hmm. like twelve, and then you get the bedrock of TV, and then that's when in town you've got to about one, two a.m. And then that's when it, all the clubs start to close. So you've only, you haven't got long. I haven't got long.
0: Okay, a little <laughs> bit of condensed freakiness. I don't know why, but it makes me wonder if have you ever seen Have you seen the show? This may destroy you.
1: No, I haven't actually.
0: It's um, is that title right? I have to I have to Google this, but I think it, it, it is. This may destroy you. It's probably my favorite British TV show. Michaela Cole uh, wrote it and stars in it. And it's semi-autobiographical. The star that she plays, Arabella, um, it starts with her being sexually assaulted in a nightclub and the show kind of unravels as her life around and behind it. It's got one of the best soundtracks on TV, I think. Um and it's just it's such a smart funny highly entertaining freaky show.
1: I think I found it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, is it I May Destroy You?
0: Yes, I may. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I found it. Yeah, cuz um Michaela Cole, she's in Fleabag, I think. Oh. Is it Fleabag or mm-hmm. is it Bubblegum? It's
0: Bubbles chewing on. gum.
1: Chewing gum, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. She's in Chewing Gum, not Bubblegum. Yeah.
0: Another great show.
1: Yeah, cuz she's a she's a massive up-and-comer i mean she's already starting to be in quite a few big things but she's going to be massive if she's not already considered um it but yeah, i made destroy it. i'll make her it's gonna be the biggest show notes episode ever it's gonna be great people <laughs> are gonna come away from this episode with so much content to consume um
0: Good. go yeah. read watch listen Get your freak on after 9 p.m.
1: Yeah, not before. Not 8.59. Don't do any of that shit. It's just <laughs> you have to wait. Everyone's kind of there with their cups of tea. And then as soon, soon as 9 p.m., the tea goes down, empty. Everyone looks up. And suddenly, people are saying cunt on the BBC. <laughs> <And> it... <laughs> well, so I-, I want to ask with yourself, um, there's another element of you. Obviously, there's poetry and the word cunt and things. And I-, I do want to get into those things as well. But I want to ask you, well, it's just in my mind of yoga you specifically on uh, I think your website you've mentioned yoga is quite important to you and I just wondered if you would be willing to speak about that a little bit about um yeah why how you felt either first got into yoga or why yoga basically is probably the best open-ended question
0: I love that question um so in 2007 my freshman year the summer before my freshman year of university um I was in a bicycle accident and um Broke, uh, broke my back and had a bunch of nerve damage from that. So I get to college and I'm supposed to be studying acting, but I felt kind of, you know, not, not whole, not great. Um, had just come through this back surgery sort of, you know, plus being an awkward teenager, all of that. Um, and Ren Pruis, the director of the all-female version of Hamlet, um, also happened to teach the only yoga classes on campus and as a as a student at this college that I went to, you were required to take a certain number of physical education classes. so I took yoga because it seemed like the least possible offensive the like least offensive thing that I could actually do while kind of relearning how to walk and be mobile without hurting myself and it's it does involve impact there's no like There's no balls being thrown at you. (laughs) I don't like things where balls are being thrown at me. Um, So I took a yoga class with her and then I took another one and then I took another one and I found um, that not only as I started to kind of deepen my practice, actually pay attention, sort of do the exercises at home. um, Not only did I start to, heal physically in a way that physical therapy and kind of the the narcotics that they had given me were not doing. Um I could access a little more mindfulness and I could be, I could be with myself a little bit more in ways that I had sort of lost sight of. Um, and then it just kept going. And I got more and more interested in kind of deepening my own practice. And um, eventually, when I moved out here to Arizona, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do in life. I was working at a lot of cafes, restaurants, bars. um, And yoga teaching was becoming kind of trendy. And I was like, Oh, well, I already like teaching, and I can already do it in theater and creative writing. And I feel like yoga has really enhanced my own practices of writing and performing. So what if I learn how to teach this other thing, and then maybe I can braid them all together. So um, I went and got my 200-hour yoga teaching certification and taught in a couple of yoga studios here in the Valley for a couple of years. Um, it was great, but I got a little bored doing that. And so then I, I went back to teaching um, kind of theater and uh, creative writing and then would integrate um, like meditations or sun salutations into these other workshops and have found a lot of fun and success doing that. And, and then just personally as a practice, well, I don't necessarily like pop up and do sun salutations every day. I'm not, um, I'm not great about like starting every day with with a sitting meditation, but I do I do start every day with some sort of mindfulness practice, whether it's dream journaling, whether it's looking at the sun, whether it's, you know, lying on the floor and just focusing on my breath. Um, And I I don't know, it makes me feel like a better person when I do it. I'm a happier person, healthier person. Um, Even to the point where my partner can tell when I'm not, Doing these things, and will ask me very directly: Have you written in your journal today? Have you, have you stretched today? Um, which in the moment it's like, <laughs> but you know, it's inevitably the answer is always: Oh no, you know what? I haven't done that. Let me go. Let me go take a time out.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so that's my that's my yoga story.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've not specifically delved into yoga and things. I've 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 dabbled. I've done a, a few poses and things, but mainly when I've been doing home fitness stuff. Um, I've not done like actual a proper yoga session and things. Um, I've done mindfulness and meditation. I'm 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 a proponent of the breathing exercises thing. I for me, I um I like doing it at work when I've had a really stressful day or something. Of life, like uh, when we first got the dog and things like that, and everything was quite intense. Um, a couple of lunch times, I just went out for setting an alarm on my phone and there's a really nice field near where i work it's like five minutes to get to just lay there um with like a hoodie under my head and just laid on the grass eyes closed hearing just the sounds of nature and you know it's in the summer and things so the sun was out feeling the rays of the sun on me and just uh focusing on my breathing for 10 minutes or so you know i like to have a visualization of mindfulness where you know, bad thoughts eventually come in your head with any form of meditation, things like that. It's just how you kind of let them flow past and go through and whatever. And I, whenever I get them, I visualize in my head, um, like I focus on, when I close my eyes, I focus on the darkness and obviously your eyes can't focus on it. So it's like an infinite thing, focus on the darkness and then think about visualize the air going in that out of your lungs and etc. And then when bad thoughts eventually come in, I think of them being written on a chalkboard and then someone just wiping, you know, you need to do one perfect clean wipe, which never happens in reality, but you've got the eraser and you just do the one and it's gone. And it's just mm-hmm. a little bit of the, uh, the um, chalk dust left. That's kind of how I think. And then I kind of think of it being then the, the slate of chalk being moved like you know, that was just a negative thought, so it goes to over there, and then another one comes out. It's a positive thought, and then you wipe that and put that to that side, and so that's how I kind of do my meditation and mindfulness. But I, I do that occasionally when I'm stressed, um, and if I especially if I can't sleep, I, I find a lot of the time if I've been having a, an intense day or something, often if I'm laying in bed and my heart's racing, even if I'm quite tired, you feel like oh, I'm just not going to be able to sleep with mindfulness meditation i'm sure you're aware you can just slow your own heart rate so if you do breathing mm. exercises slower and more steady and just think about the breath going in and out and then if any panicky thoughts come in you do that you just think about the me move to one side in a certain way i quite like the idea of the um the sand gardens that people make mm. and then when you're done you just wipe it clear it's you made a really lovely pattern of things spend a very long time doing it wipe it away it's fine and that kind of mindset and things help me either sleep or calm down over certain things. So I have heard that yoga is more of a physical element of that. But in doing such physical activity which requires a lot of stretching and, you know, when you go to the gym and stuff, which I used to do quite a bit and lifting weights, it's intense in the sense of, you know, you you hyper focus on the weights. You know, you you're doing reps and things. So you're you're looking at the weights and you don't have to think and in certain ways that's good when you're in a Difficult place doing exercise like that can be very beneficial to you, but you're not having to not think. You're not having to process your thought because you can just focus on this thing you're doing there. But with yoga, because a lot of it is poses and holding a position for 30 seconds or a minute or things like that, you can't put yourself in a position. And apart from thinking of this is uncomfortable or trying to focus on things, the only way to get through it is to think about your breathing and to just kind of tune out of your own body. Like, yeah, this aches, but let's just not think about the time let's just know that in 30 seconds the people will go off or i'm counting in my head however one does it and just kind of letting it go through there so you saying it's being a very important part of your uh, own mental health and your mindfulness is really uh, nice to hear do you have any uh, recommendations for people i know you're not basically you've been teaching yoga give people a one or two minute snippet that's going to make them never need a yoga class go <laughs> Oh my God. I'm obviously joking um, to
0: clarify. <laughs> I love, uh, one of the things that I love most about yoga practice is that I inadvertently began to be, we can be in our bodies doing a thing like a pose or lifting weights and, and simultaneously somewhere totally different. But as <clears throat> as you start to like deepen the yoga practice and they talk about, you match the breath with the movement and in order to match breath with movement. And then this is true in dance too. I, I This is true in dance as well, but you have to, to match breath with movement, you have to be really present in your body. And I think that's probably the biggest inadvertent gift of yoga is like learning how to actually be in and feel pleasure and joy inhabiting the body, like being in it, being with it, even if it's like achy, creaky, like registering the ache, but but befriending it and sort of being with it. And I, I love your, your chalkboard visualizations. My I think my favorite is the standing on a bridge, looking into a river, and the thought is a lily pad or a leaf that floats by. So I think that that might be the two-minute yoga that you never have to do yoga again. Just do some breathing, guided meditation, breathing, and visualization.
1: Yeah. It, it's amazing. It's amazing what one can achieve when you just kind of shut the world off, especially in the modern age with the technological revolution that we're in. With smartphones, you know, I love Reddit. I can't. It's one of those things. It's very easy to go down a Reddit rabbit hole and just be scrolling for ages. And I know the Twitter and all kinds of other social media sites. It can happen, but and it's easier said than done. But just taking a few minutes in your day occasionally to not necessarily th- specifically think about things just let the thoughts kind of come to you and just let yourself gently process them in your own time in a way that is constructive it's very undervalued and I think even if people, they don't have to do it necessarily every day, everyone's got a different uh, way of doing things, Megan has got a journal as well and she's especially very stressed, normally we have an event coming up, whether it's a holiday or something she's organising for someone and there's a lot of moving parts and things, I mean I'm a massive list writer, I've got notebooks all around me for every podcast thing I do and otherwise, but... I think the med- the mindfulness thing is is very important but I've got we're, we're getting near the end of time now so I just want to ask there's one last sort of part that I want to ask you about and it's something I've realized while speaking with you and it's the teacher whose name I've forgotten and you've said it two or three times now so apologies but it feels like that teacher um has had a massive influence on your life in the sense of you know reigniting love of of being in theater as well as poetry and lots of other elements in yoga but also do you think that they also were an influence on your career path trajectory because you were a teacher? You, you love teaching individuals, and oh, it sounds absolutely. like your awakening in some ways came from that.
0: I have been, I have been so blessed and privileged, and, and I'm just so grateful for the teachers that I have multiple teachers that I've had in my life. Um, before Susan Aiken in high school with the slam poetry, there was. Um, my grandma Virginia was a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse, my dad's mom. Um that was her 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 career. She was a, a one-room schoolhouse teacher and I had a couple of fabulous teachers in elementary school who, you know, uh and some librarians who would let me just sit in the library and read books instead of going out to do the activities on the playground. Um and then Ren Pruis in at Kalamazoo College, um has has absolutely uh influenced my career choice most um specifically in that she and susan both have always been very attentive to and supportive of kind of alternative routes um so by what i she ren was the first person to she recognized that i was very into yoga before I did, I think. And she, she used to call me yoga and she was the, she was actually the person that recommended that I take my first dance class, which opened up kind of a whole nother relationship and realm of like movement and kind of falling in love with my own body and capacity to move and breathe and do things with it. Um, And also they're both highly independent women who have not been afraid to take kind of meandering or non-traditional career paths. And so I think I was very lucky to have some strong role models who were showing me alternatives to grow up, get married, have a traditional career, have a baby, blah, 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 blah.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So I've, I've always felt a lot of freedom to kind of explore and try things, but but yeah, teachers. Teachers have had a, a huge influence and impact on my life, and it's. And I'd say that's very much lent to my dedication to continuing to teach in some capacity. Like a very much uh, the adage. I'm forgetting who this is attributed to. Each one teach one. Um, yeah.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that teachers are very undervalued in all of Western society, uh, be it. Uh, the value that society brings on them in a metaphorical sense, but also in the value financially, how much they get paid for things. It's, it, mm. it is baffling, no matter where you kind of look, really. I think there's a few Scandinavian countries, I think, where teachers get paid fairly well, but I, I think for the most part in in the Western world, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been a teacher for us for this whole conversation with uh, about not only elements of your life, but also certain elements that I especially wasn't that knowledgeable about you know poetry and things as well as you know because of uh, your poetry especially your cunt poems it made me look up more information about uh cunt and things uh, and obviously also yoga and just a, a lot of the things even in this discussion although it has been you know a back and forth between the two of us all the things that you've said are have been have at least contained pieces of knowledge in there which would be Teaching, You know, you can feel the, the teacher vibes coming through, really, in all the right ways, you know, in all the ways that you eloquently put things and the way that you explain matters. And even like little parts, I could see that you were a good teacher because I noticed Megan does similar things where when you just offhand comment about, uh, you notice a lot of kids didn't like uh, the certain way of teaching so you searched and you look you spent extra time that you didn't have to do looking up for podcasts and other audio mm-hmm. uh resources that you didn't have to do you could have stuck to the curriculum and given them a textbook and said read the you know, pages <laughs> five to ten for the next hour that you know but you went the extra mile because when you were that age or when you were younger and things like that you had those interactions with teachers who did spend the extra time just to get to know you as an individual or to try and do other things that were the non-standard, but weren't weren't anything like extreme and off-the-wall bananas necessarily, but something that worked within the confines of the curriculum while still being different and interesting and important. And so it does come across in the way you speak about things and just these stories that you say that you clearly do care about teaching and you are very passionate about all the uh, many arts that you're involved with so i'm sure that anyone who has been taught by you is incredibly uh, thankful because you're coming across very well in this <laughs> podcast and you'd be a fantastic teacher i'm sure
0: that is such a massive compliment and so kind of you to say thank you
1: well thank you for coming on the show it's been delightful so uh, ada final things to say before we wrap this call up any sort of i'll include a link to your website and whatnot um and any social media that you want me to but just any final comments you want to tell people and also any other things of where people can find you
0: i'm not the most active on social media but i exist on instagram and twitter read books listen listen to that george floyd book for sure and um I don't know. Read, read books. Try yoga if you haven't tried yoga, and go dance. I think that's my other. Nice. But I want to say?
1: That's amazing. Yeah, and also write stuff down. You know, physically write. <laughs> <laughs> There's something. Notebooks are great. They're very cheap. It's also it's also very fun when you see a cute notebook that you really like a cover of, and you can just like. Megan bought me this. People watching video will be able to see it. Um, bought me this, this nice little, just a, <laughs> a little llama and on the back, it's. Uh, uh. It's just because you know either llamas or alpacas, uh, they're very cute. And in there, I do my notes for my Star Wars show now because I-, I filled up my um, my last Star Wars uh, notebook up. And you know, this one is my genuine chit chat notebook. So I've got all of the notes for all the different gen- genuine chit chat stuff I've done. That and I think this is Stranger Things. Yes, this is a Stranger Things cover as well. So nice. you just see a cool notebook, and it doesn't cost too much money. But writing in them, I've got i've got notebooks everywhere there's another one here uh, um of a game boy cartridge and i've got here guests kind of for general chat. oh that's got cute yeah i got it's it
0: a, let's see while we're doing the notebook display I've got the dream journal nice uh i still do i still do longhand planner
1: mm. <laughs>
0: yeah uh notebooks are great get yourself a notebook right in it yeah
1: Write anything in it. Write your thoughts, your feelings, dreams you've been having, stuff you like, stressed about things. Writing stuff down physically. Like doing notes on your phone is beneficial. But writing things down physically when you have like a little, like always have post-it notes. Just make sure always have post-it notes in the house because you have no idea how important and useful a post-it note can be. And also how you just, if you want to get a thought out just write some stuff down you don't have to show anyone just write it down it make you feel so much better um, but thank you ada so much for being so generous with your time uh, i know that you're involved in just- very a huge amount of different things and I know that this is just the beginning of your podcasting career we can thank Tony uh, for that and obviously then Rhea and Tonya for fostering mm-hmm. it and because of them uh, all three of those individuals uh, then we got connected and then you know you already got the saying that you've got other plans to do more things and stuff in the background with Tony that you're doing and there's going to be other shows I'm sure you'll be popping up in and you've joined our lovely discord as well so you're chatting with us there so a lot of fun it's amazing thank you so much for coming on the show I'll make sure with all the different things we spoke about there's going to be stuff in the show notes about the many books that you named as well as the poems we discussed and a couple of other things and i will say to people as well there's a um there's an audio track called omega by a band called stone sour now i love the band stone sour the frontman okay. Corey taylor of who's of slipknot fame that on their first album it's the last track on the standard edition, but it's like the sixth to last track on the deluxe edition, but it's a song called Omega. I really
0: like Stone Sour. Okay. Yeah, I love, <laughs>
1: I, I adore them. Um, But, and I've met Corey Taylor as well. I've seen Stone Sour Live like three or four times. I've seen Slipknot twice. I've, Slipknot changed how I perceive music. So I'm a massive simp for Slipknot. But they've got a song called Omega on their first album. And it's not actually a song. It's just the singer Corey Taylor reading basically a poem it's just a really long and it's quite emotional when he says some other stuff in it but i just would say if anyone is like i especially was and is apprehensive about poetry then stone sour omegas are really cool. Just audio tracks only three or so minutes long it's quite an interesting spoken word piece more than anything and then also <clears throat> surge tanky and the system of a down he's got poetry out so you can listen to some of his mm-hmm. uh, and also um well there's loads of poetry out there you know i'm gonna put links in the description but check out ada's She's got poetry on her website.
0: Halsey, the um, pop star Halsey, released a book of poetry last year, I two love years ago.
1: Halsey, so so much. I'll
0: send you. A, I'll send you the book. I have it. Um,
1: oh, I'd love that.
0: PDF of it.
1: I adore Halsey. I've been listening to all her albums so so much. She is not as big over here in the UK as she is in America, and it deeply saddens me because I think she's one I, of the most let's... talented female vocalists of the last decade. One Truly.
0: of. Them. I feel like we could do another hour just talking about music. Now I'm thinking of so much, so much. We can.
1: anyway, <laughs> we can. We'll we'll pencil that in. We'll do it because there's so many different artists, and we could even uh, we can briefly talk about it in messaging and things. And if there's any stuff we haven't heard about, like if obviously we've both heard a lot of Halsey, so we can talk about that. But we can also be like, oh, have you heard this artist or this one? And if we haven't, we can listen and do a little uh, music swap and do that on a podcast, and then then talk about the the uh, the songs. That's yeah. great. That'd be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, I'll end the call before. will oh, not end the call. I'll stop the recording because I could speak to you just afterwards. That'd be very rude. I did that to Rhea once by accident. <laughs> I just hung up immediately. I had to message her saying, I'm so sorry. She's like, I thought I ended quite abruptly, but we will end the recording here. Just thank you once again, Ada. You've been delightful.
0: Thanks for having me on the show, Mike.
1: And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, make sure you follow Ada on the various social media places and check out her websites as well, as well as other appearances across the Comics in Motion feed. A link to her appearance on Indie Comic Spotlight is in the description. So what have we got coming up over the next few weeks? Well, uh, next week should be a one-off episode with Tonya Todd because she's got a new little podcast series she's launching uh, which is about banned books so that's going to be quite exciting and then the week after that will be a two-parter once again uh, with Alison Shelton and Elise McCall of the Reburn comics. Now I spoke with Alison in April about Reburn, that's after I read the first issue and we just spoke about her process and things and Elise is the artist for the comics. So we spoke in more depth because I've now possessed the four Comics which make the full mini series, so he spoke about that as a whole without any spoilers. Elise's kind of processes and things, her side of how it was working with Allison and creating Reburn, things like that. It's a really, really good conversation. I can't wait to release that. I've already got that recorded, but Tonya's. Banned Books conversation is going to be releasing on the start of Banned Books week, you know, the Sunday before, which is the 18th. So very exciting stuff in the pipeline. I've got a few other things as well. There's a couple of returning guests. There's a few new ones as well, and some other collaborative stuff I've got going on. And I have done a couple of extra guest spots, but they will not be released for another few weeks yet. But I'll let you know as soon as they do, and we'll include the links in the description. Also in the description are various guest spots I have done which I have mentioned before but myself and Megan appeared on Back to the Filmography to talk about the Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx movie Collateral. We also appeared on Femme on Film where we spoke about Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette and I also appeared on Spider Dan and the Secret Boars talking about Maximum Carnage and Absolute Carnage, the comic crossovers how they compare and also we spoke about Venom and Let There Be Carnage as well So there's some of the guest spots I've been doing. Obviously make sure you go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Genuine Chit Chat. Over there I've got loads of Playlist for various conversations so if you want to hear more conversations like this or in a similar playlist you can check out those things i've had conversations on religion spirituality world and exploration science just funnier conversations ones of other podcasters loads of different things so go to youtube and also there's loads of video versions of my conversations on there including a video version of my conversation with ada which should be released within 24 hours of this conversation just because i prioritize the audio first and then i sort out the video but it just depends how busy i am on the day but that's generally what you can expect and obviously, please follow me on social media at Genuine Chits Chat. Please rate and review the show on Spotify, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, wherever there is an ability to rate and review. Please do it because it means the world to me and it really, really helps the show out. Aside from that, my friends, I will also plug my Patreon, patreon.com slash genuine chitchat. For as little as £1 a month, you get access to an audio-exclusive feed, where you get access to part 1 and part 2 of my conversations, both in one unsplit episode, when part 1 drops. In addition to that, there's also bonus content on there, there's at least one episode of Afterthoughts every week, so that's where myself and Megan talk about a movie or TV series, things like that. We've been doing a Tom Hanks watch, we've also done reviews on the Harry Potter movies, the Star Wars movies, lots of non-nerdy stuff related, including things like Little Miss Sunshine and other stuff like that. Live shows like Book of Mormon, Great British Bake Off, Les Miserables, some trips we've done to the Isle of Wight and Malta and other places. So it's a really good way to support the show, but also get hours of additional content on top of that. If you haven't become a patron supporter already, which I assume you haven't if you're listening to this, because all of the patrons would have heard this last week, then I've got at the moment over 110 Afterthoughts episodes on there, and they average at about 10 to 20 minutes each go. So that is like hours and hours of additional content just there in themselves. So please consider checking that out it would really mean the world to me it helps the show out a ton and also you get hours of additional content on top of that so please go over to patreon.com slash genuine chit chat and if you are still not sold on it the link is in the description to one of the free afterthoughts episodes i have released which was mine and megan's first tom hanks watch episode where we watched the movie big but that is enough from me thank you so much for listening as always my friends as i always say check out the show notes there's loads of information in there and i'll talk to yourselves next week with my conversation with tonya todd
0: you have just experienced host, creator, everything else sir, of Genuine Chit Chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.